Welcome to Stepping Out of Bounds. I'm Emily Harrard, and here with me today is a special guest, Charlie Guiderini. Charlie, how are you doing? Good, how about you? Good. Well, now we have a lot of uh, NBA talk today. It's an NBA Finals special here on the podcast. As yesterday, Wednesday, June 8th, the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Warriors 120-90 to um, in Cleveland. So now Golden State is up 2-1. to one. It was a must-win game, in my opinion, for the Cavaliers. And LeBron James had 32 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, Charlie, what was your opinion out of the gate of both Cleveland and the Warriors and their intensity at the beginning of Game 3? Well, the Warriors definitely weren't ready for the LeBron that showed up and, quite frankly, the Kyrie Irving that showed up. He, he dominated that game offensively in the fourth, first quarter with, I think, 16 points just right out the gate, hitting down all of his jump shots. For a guy that hadn't made anything in the previous two games, the Warriors, I think, were just stunned by the fact that he came out firing like he did. Yeah, Irving had 30 points and uh, shot 12 for 25, but that first quarter he was on fire, crossing over Steph Curry for a step-back jumper, I explicitly remember. And he was also playing pretty decent defense on Curry considering that I wouldn't say Irving is you know the number one defensive guy out there he's actually considered one of like the least <laughs> defensive awareness guards in, in the NBA he's not a good defensive point guard and he managed to do exceedingly well on Curry so do you I don't know I was very disappointed with Curry last night he had 19 points but he wasn't Curry and I think part of it is he hasn't been controlling the ball and bringing the ball up the court as much as he usually would and I I don't know if the ball being out of his hands and the combination of Cleveland just really locking down on him and um, Clay Thompson if that's the reason why they've been quiet during this series or if maybe just the wear and tear of the season and some of his injuries are slowing Curry down but he definitely does not look like the the league MVP right now. Well, Curry hasn't, uh, apart from his 17-point overtime performance uh, a couple series ago, he, he has not looked himself even remotely since his ankle and, ankle and knee injury, I suppose. He just he, he has not dominated the way we've seen him dominate this whole season. He hasn't put on a streak of just Curry threes where he's just splashing them from all over the court. And it's, 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 I think it's because of his injuries. I don't think he's fully healed. And he's not saying anything about it, but I guess at the professional level, he is. I mean, he doesn't talk about his injuries, so he's not going to now that it's the finals. He's not going to use that as a crutch. Well, I think what says the most is he withdrew from the Olympics. Exactly. People don't withdraw from the Olympics if they can play. I, I think that tells you exactly what you need to know about it is if he, if he was fully healthy, he would play in the Olympics, but he's not going to. But then also last night, sometimes, though, his shots, he, I mean, with Curry, if he's missing it, sometimes you can be like, oh, well, that's a shot he shouldn't have, um, you know, taken. But at the same time, if he had made it, you would have been like, oh, great shot by Curry. So I don't know if last night some of those bad misses he had where I think I saw him airball a couple times where if that was, you know, me saying, oh, that was a bad shot just because he missed or if the Warriors offense just really wasn't clicking like it usually is 
It wasn't clicking, that's for sure. There's no doubt about that. Because at the beginning of the game, both Curry and Thompson, I think their their first shots were air balls or just barely grazing the rim. Even they, they couldn't even make free throws. That was the weird part about it. As Thompson went 0 for 2 from the line. Yeah, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. Thompson's a great free throw shooter. And then Draymond Green went up there, and he's he's an okay free throw shooter, and he just bricked, too. I mean, the first one barely even grazed the rim. He looked like DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and Draymond Green only had six points last night, and um, part of that could be the pressure from LeBron James from the defensive end. He did have... Um, seven rebounds and seven assists so he was out there working but after the game he he admitted he was just honest and said that it was the Warriors it was their hustle that they got out hustled by a team that had their season on the line and had to win and that he doesn't think the Warriors need to change any of their offense or defense it's just they have to go out there and play better and actually play with the same intensity that Cleveland had. There's a couple points to that so first I think one of the reasons why Draymond Green had such a bad game is he scored 28 in the last game, and with Curry and Thompson just not performing at all, he I think he felt the need to go out there and carry a team. And he's he's you know a threat offensively, but he's not a threat to go out there and put up 30 consistently. Consistently, he'll never do that, and he's never gonna you know odds are he's not gonna go five for eight from three again. And I think he felt the pressure there, and it and it got to him. And the the story has been the bench, though, for Golden State this series, keeping them alive. And this was a game where they continued to, they would get Golden State back into the game, but it just wasn't enough. And on the other side, though, Cleveland, it was their starters that did everything for them. Their bench pretty much did nothing. So, if you look at the plus minus for the Warriors bench versus starters. First of all, every single Warriors player is in the minus, which is just atrocious, which just really testifies how poorly they played and how well the Cavaliers play. But every single starter has a plus minus of 15 and minus 15 or worse. And every single bench player, the worst is minus 10, which is Andre Iguodala, who's the most frequent bench player. So it's, it's one of those things where everybody that normally plays for the Warriors was just not on. And one thing that, I don't know, kind of annoyed me, I was, even though I, I hate Cleveland, I was kind of happy they won because, not happy, that is a strong word for the situation, but just, it will make the series more exciting. I, I mean, if the the Warriors just cr- crush them in four, then, I mean, you know, we can say that they're ten times better than the Cavaliers, but that's not exciting basketball. But at the same time, the the Cavaliers creamed the Warriors last night, and that's not fun either. I feel like a lot of times in these series recently, it's just been blowout games, and it can switch from one game to the next, who's blowing who out, but it's not a whole lot of like close matchups game yeah. to game. It's nice to see you know it be a contested series, although I still think that Golden State will pretty easily win this because people are making a big deal out of this blowout loss, but when Golden State loses, they lose by a lot. That's the thing, is if you look at their like nine regular season losses, a significant amount of them were to bad teams, and they lost by like 30 points. Like I think their first loss of the season, like Milwaukee, I believe, was like a 35-point game. It's, it's one of those things, and it's, 
it, it's it, it's what happens to a jump shooting team is if if they can't make their jump shots for some reason nobody on their team can make a jump shot then they're gonna get crushed but they're they're good enough that that's not going to continue yeah and the pistons actually beat the warriors the detroit pistons beat them and um i think they beat them by a pretty good amount yeah um, it was at least 20 i believe and part of that i think maybe sometimes is like teams like that the pistons came out and it was they were retiring ben wallace's jersey and they were pumped up and ready to go and maybe golden state the game didn't mean obviously that much to them it was just another game and obviously they went out and played amazing basketball every game but this could be the same case where obviously cleveland you're going back to to cleveland lebron is going to be just pissed because of the way his team's played he's blaming himself which if you don't like LeBron, that's a bad thing because when LeBron gets angry and he gets angry at himself, you know he's going to go out and play the best basketball he can play. And so the Warriors went into the game, you know, up to 0 and they didn't have the same urgency and I think that was just part of it. They just weren't out there with the same, you know, energy and fight to win the game. Well, I think it 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 helped the Cavs just fuel the fire when I mean, everybody, everybody on ESPN, everybody everywhere was saying they're done. They have no hope. This is either going to end in four or five. He, he, they were saying the Warriors smell blood. They're not going to Cleveland to steal one. They're going to Cleveland to finish the job. And it's not that easy when LeBron James, as much as it pains me to say it, when LeBron James is on the other team, he has another gear that we still, I don't think, I've seen. I mean, he had a great game yesterday, but... I don't think we've seen that that final gear, and I'd be I'd be scared if I were the Warriors. But you know, I still think they can handle LeBron James even at his best. But really pulled it out yet? And I think if it gets to where they are, Golden State has a three three game win, three games win, then and they can win with one more game. I think LeBron James will come out there and he will show them that he has a whole nother. Le- and part of it, um, I would say, is just the fact that he really wants Cleveland to get that championship. And I don't know if this is going to be the year, but it could be. Okay. So the LeBron championship for Cleveland question is something that I, I've considered, and I'm not really sure how in it he is. Um I still am of the belief that if you are 100% in it for championships and you're a star player, you go to the front office and you say, pay me $5 million a year. LeBron James is a billion-dollar lifetime Nike contract, or estimated billion dollars, but he, he's not short of funds is, is the way I'm trying to say this. And if he really cared about bringing a, Cleveland, a championship to Cleveland more than anything else, which is what he portrays, then he would take a small contract, and then they'd be able to sign uh, either another superstar or, in my opinion, a more smart move would be just to sign a great bench. But he, he doesn't do that. And I, I question whether he really is more in it for a championship for himself or uh, and you know glory for himself and is too big of an ego to take a small contract or whether he really is in it for Cleveland like he says he is. And, well, I think a lot of that also has to do with just, like, the power dynamic in Cleveland because, um, you know, everyone knows that LeBron runs the show all the way to the very top. And the owner, Dan Gilbert, he's willing to pay these luxury taxes to have 
the superstars on on Cleveland you know to pay for all the contracts that they do have right now so I wonder if part of that is LeBron knows that he can get his max deal and then still kind of get the players that he wants yeah I mean I wouldn't say like Tristan Thompson is any superstar like he could you know instead use the pay cut as you said and get someone like Kevin Durant which wouldn't work but you know theoretically a superstar like that but I think he kind of d- knows that he can get paid these big bucks and still boss around uh, the people in Cleveland. Yeah, the interesting thing that I think is, I've been thinking about it, and he has really worked himself into a situation in Cleveland where if he wants to win a championship, his best bet is Cleveland, and here's why. is He has proven himself and over the last couple of years to be the weirdest combination of a person that completely makes a team into a playoff team, no matter how good they are before he is, and a combination of a team killer. He he will never sign. No one will sign him if they're a playoff contending team. Because he will try and take over their, their coaching, their front office, and their players. He Golden State, you know, theoretically could have the opportunity to sign a small forward in the offseason. There's no way... That even if LeBron James walked up to their door and said, I will play for your team for $1 million a year, I don't think Golden State would take them. They they rely on the fact that they actually you know are coached by a coach and have a general manager that's not LeBron James. And he's worked himself into a situation where him joining any team that's already a playoff contender and a championship contender is unlikely because I don't think they'll take him. So he's really got nowhere to go. Is he, He's got to stick with Cleveland or either then join a team that is bad enough that they don't care if he ruins their, you know, coaching or front offense. They don't care if he ruins what they've got right now. Like, maybe he should go to the Lakers because it's already all crap, and then he can build it from the bottom up just how LeBron wants. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where he, he's got to have full control, and he if he's looking for self-glory and trying to get championships to match Jordan, I mean, he really doesn't have many places to go now i mean good teams aren't going to want him he's the whole coaching situation has just it's turned out really poorly and people do not look well upon him well i think if the cavaliers do win the the championship this year then maybe lebron will say okay well i made my promise i fulfilled it now i can leave and Maybe a team would look past all that to say, here's LeBron. He's a, Obviously, he's already a champion, but he was able to bring a championship to Cleveland. We will deal with that mess. And even if it backfires on him and the team, he can say that he accomplished the goal he really wanted, which was apparently really wanted, which is the Cleveland championship. Do you and think, though, that he would stay if he won the championship? If he won the championship... I think the only thing that would draw him away from Cleveland if he won the championship were, I don't even think a great team like Golden State or the Spurs offering him a contract would draw him away, regardless of whether that would ever happen. I think the only thing that would draw him away is I still think he's exceedingly drawn to his friends. I don't think he's fit in in Cleveland as effectively as he's wanted in the locker room. I think still think he's their undeniable leader, but I think if he were given the opportunity to play with, let's say, a combination of Chris Paul, 
um, Carmelo Anthony and uh, Dwayne Wade, a combination of two of those maybe, that that would draw him away from Cleveland regardless of whether he won the championship or not. I, I think that that would be too big of a draw for him. Yeah, because his relationship with Dwayne Wade, they're best friends, and I read something that was talking about how he was pretty disappointed at first when he got to Cleveland with um, Irving and Love just because they didn't spend the same amount of time and dedication in the gym that his friend Dwayne Wade would and everyone at, at Miami. It was kind of a boot camp there. And when he got to Cleveland, people would come to practice late. They you know, wouldn't stay after to continue shooting. And I think that probably has changed a lot since LeBron's been in Cleveland. Um, but he just doesn't have the same respect for Irving and Love. I mean, Irving definitely after a game like last night and over the season has been improving his relationship with LeBron but Kevin Love is just an interesting situation in Cleveland and I wonder what they're going to do tomorrow um, in game four whether they start him or not if in fact he's able to play I wouldn't even let him play I wouldn't let him touch the floor unless you unless you go down by 15 points I wouldn't let him get on the floor at all I mean I'm not saying that he's I, – I, actually, I am saying this, but I, it's not 100% certain that he is the reason for this turnaround, but I certainly think he's part of it. And he doesn't – he's not a good defender. And with the Warriors pick and rolls, I mean, he often has to guard Curry or Thompson or, you know, a cutting green to the basket, and he doesn't have the ability to do it. And with the switch defense that the Warriors play, he's not as effective – on offense, and really, his offense is from behind the three-point arc. And he's, uh, you know, he's fine in the post, but he's not good enough in the post to compete with you know, Draymond Green or perhaps a center that's playing even Festus Azili or Bogut. And with the switching defense the Warriors play, they're able to cover him on the three-point line, where he does a ton of his damage on wide-open threes from a kickout from LeBron or Kyrie. And without that, he's he's just not that effective of a player for Cleveland. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you that he's the factor. His absence is a factor of the turnaround for Cleveland. I mean, there were a lot of other things. LeBron, you know, going in the way he did and also being back at home. But I think a lot of it had to do with Kevin Love and just the fact that Richard Jefferson fits better in the starting lineup for the Cavaliers. They were able to go smaller. They were quicker. And as you said, Kevin Love doesn't post up down low very often he just stands outside waiting for the three and I think that if he does play tomorrow even though I don't think he should I think if they do play him they have to start him because if they don't start him I think he's too fragile to come off the bench and make an impact oh yeah I I mean either way it's a horrible situation I mean like just for Cleveland, I mean, if you start them, you're risking you're ruining this amazing lineup and run that you had against against Golden State, a team that you could not figure out for the first two games. But if you don't start them, I mean, if you don't start Kevin Love, you're essentially saying, okay, Kev, you're gone at the end of the season. Bye, we're trading you. I mean, there's no way that they bench him in the finals and then say, hey, we're sorry. Will you come back and be our quote-unquote star player? That's not going to happen. So if he does start and he comes out cold, which I expect he would, um, how long would you keep him on the floor? 
how long would you give him before you pull him and put Jefferson in the game? Uh, I mean, personally, I would never put him out there. But if I did, I would give him time. If he was out there, I'd give him. I mean, he just came off a concussion. So he's he's bound to be. He hasn't done really a whole lot of activity over the last couple of games. He's been resting as opposed to practicing and stuff. So, I mean, I would give him a quarter maybe to warm up. But if his if his defense was lacking and he, he wasn't affecting the game offensively, I, I would make the move. I think the small ball movement works for the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially against the Warriors. And I think one of the main reasons is that it puts LeBron in the four. And LeBron this year, because his jump shot has inexplicably left him, he plays better in the four because that's he plays he plays in the post and drives to the basket. I mean, he doesn't shoot. They leave him open at three because they know he won't shoot. So when LeBron James gets to play the four, when Kevin Love is not on the floor, their offense just works better. That's a good point. LeBron only took two three-pointers last night. He made one, but it's just been off for him. So he definitely needs to drive the basket. But I definitely also think, though, that if the the Cavaliers are going to win, LeBron, I'm not saying he should be shooting threes, but he needs to get his, his jumper going. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I shouldn't say he's easily defendable, but he's manageable when he can't shoot a jump shot. And he had jump shot going, I think, going five for nine from outside the paint um, in game three, which is one of the reasons why he had one of his better scoring games. Because when he when he doesn't, the Warriors are too good on defense. They have too much talent on defense to get dominated by a LeBron James that that can't shoot the ball. They they can handle LeBron James that can only drive to the basket and post up. They're not going to stop him because there isn't a way to stop someone that athletic and that talented and that smart. But they can keep him from dominating the basketball game. And but. One thing, as you said, LeBron is smart. And part of that is just getting these players on um, his team that most people would think are washed up and shouldn't be playing in the finals. And, I mean, it's not just him getting them, getting them on the team, but as we said, he, he runs the organization. And he brought um, James Jones with him, who obviously didn't do a lot last night or necessarily this season, but in the past with Miami, he did. But now there's Richard Jefferson, who is like 30. I don't know how old is he? He's in his late 30s or mid 30s. And I mean, he had nine points last night, but he just makes a huge impact. And he was one of the reasons for the fast start for Cleveland. Um, he had eight rebounds. And I just. Sometimes, but I think this is just my hate to LeBron, hatred of LeBron is he just gets lucky with these players. Or he has Ray Allen bailing him out. Who Ray Allen was still a great player when he was playing for Miami, but I, sometimes it's just ridiculous, especially with J.R. Smith, who wasn't doing well in New York, and then he comes to Cleveland, and he was struggling until last night. He started to hit his threes again. And so I wonder if in this series if LeBron's going to get lucky again and all the wheels are going to start turning the right time and just as they had been throughout this playoffs I don't think that it's all going to start turning as effectively as it could uh, I don't think that there's enough 
like veteran talent on that team to keep up in the long run. And I think, I think they, they could get going and their shooting could get better. I mean, the Cavaliers were, I think, the number two three-point shooting team in the NBA this season. So they, they clearly can shoot from outside. I just think that even if they get going, Golden State's going to get going eventually too. And I especially think if they start seeing threes drop from Cleveland, I think the Splash Brothers are going to get mad. And I think that for the first time this series, and really especially for Steph Curry, the first time this playoffs, you might see him start to turn it on. And, yeah, a lot of people talk, uh, me at the beginning of this, was talking about LeBron and him getting angry and playing, and that's just part of his personality and persona. But Steph Curry is a pretty calm guy most of the time. And so last night, when he wasn't playing very well, if you didn't know Steph Curry, it would almost look like he kind of didn't care. Not didn't care, but was just out of it. But I think that's just mostly him um but at the same time he needs to get out there and get angry and not it's not going to be like the lebron way but i think we need to see a little more passion out of him and i mean that's harsh because obviously there's a lot of passion there i'm not saying that but there's just seemed like something missing just from a want perspective for him yeah, I think what we're going to see is, one, I think we're going to see a nice explosive rant from Draymond Green as <laughs> something that he provides for this team. As a quiet team, generally speaking, the Warriors don't have a have a loud voice, especially with Steve Kerr being more of a quiet and vocal uh, leader. Uh, but Draymond Green is is the explosive voice in their locker room, and when they don't play well, Draymond Green lets them know. Draymond Green will let Steph Curry know that he sucks. <laughs> and he was yelling something on the bench yesterday towards the middle or third quarter, maybe. Um, he was getting angry, trying to pump them up. It didn't work, but as you said, he's going to continue doing that. And that's what they need. And I think it will get through to them. I think they'll continue doing that. And if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm going to send my guys out there. On I'm going to do two things. First of all, I'm going to send my guys out there on... Uh, Friday night, and uh, one, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make the change that I made at last playoffs that just totally changed the picture, and I'm going to put Andre Godal in the starting lineup, and I'm going to put Bogut out. Because if Cleveland continues their small lineup, it, it, you're never going to play well with Bogut in there. He's they, He doesn't spread the floor effectively on offense, and he's just he's big and is a good rim protector, but it's not as helpful as being able to spread the floor on offense and be able to guard all the small players effectively is speed. And the second thing I'm doing is I'm going to go to Steph Curry and I'm going to go to Clay Thompson. I'm going to say, just start shooting. If you know, if you can't connect all game and you're just, you're not doing that well, eventually you might start to heat up towards the end and we still might lose game two, but you'll get hot and then you'll be hot for game or, or I'm sorry, you'll lose game four, but then you'll be hot for game five. If they're going to win, they can't. I know that the big thing over these first two games of the series were, oh, Golden State's so unbelievably deep that they don't, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson don't have to play well for them to win. But LeBron wasn't on then. The Cavaliers weren't really playing effectively then. But when LeBron's back is to the wall, he, you know he's going to bring it. If he puts his head down, he's going to score points. He's going to lead a team to a tough, 
tough game regardless of what the outcome is. And if they don't have the shooting capabilities of Curry and Thompson, they're not going to win this series effectively. They, they might be able to squeeze a win out here and there, and maybe they could win the series, but I doubt it. And I think Steve Kerr has got to say, okay, game four, you guys got to get going somewhere, and so just start shooting. So, the, but de- um, the Cavaliers' defense have been – they've been trying to lock down on, on Curry and Thompson. So do you think it's just a matter of they just need to keep shooting? Because, I mean, they've faced this pressure from all the teams they've played. I mean, everyone's going to be trying to lock those two down. So they're used to it. So you think that they should just shoot more and with confidence and there's not a need for a change in the offense. Yeah. Um, Curry – Curry makes the offense work. It's the fact that not almost none of his shots are good shots for an average person. Like almost all of his threes, if if you know anybody else in the league took that three, their coach would be benching them. But for Curry, it, it literally doesn't matter if he's wide open or if he's covered. It, it, he's going to shoot the three. He's going to shoot it effectively. His stats are really not all that different between open shots and covered shots, which is kind of absurd. But it's just the way he works. And when Curry's working and Curry's got it going from three, that's when Clay Thompson becomes effective as well. It's because then when Curry's shaking Baton out there with his handle, two people will go to him. And then Clay Thompson becomes open, and then the passing of the Warriors opens it up for him, too, for some easy buckets inside. It's just, it, they, they work effectively without Curry, but when Curry's got it going, there's no way to stop him. Yeah, so I would su- suggest that it's not a change, really, but go back to having Curry bring the ball up a little more, have it in his hands more, because when he's running down the court with the ball in his hands, you know, he can do anything. He can pull up for a three that, as you said, anyone else would be benched for, or he can take it all the way to the rim and finish it. So he needs the ball in his hands more, I think, in fast breaks and in the half-court set, because he can make create offense for himself just off his dribble but yeah that's the thing with curry bringing it up the floor is he creates a problem at half court because once he gets past half court someone has to be on him instantly or he he as he showed in the thunder game in the regular season when he pulled up and hit like a 40 footer for the win you have to guard him if he's past half court you can't leave him so they bring the point guard up to guard him. Okay, that gives him so much room to run past his defender and get to the hoop that then the people guarding the men inside have to be alert for help side defense. And it just opens it up so well because there's so many threats that he can have from so much farther away than anybody else in the league. It just spreads the floor so effectively. So while we're on the topic of Curry, my question is, if Golden State wins this series, do you think Curry will be the finals MVP? I don't know. That's that's a really tough question. Um, honestly, the way I think about it is if Golden State wins, the, like the slate is clean right now. It's whoever performs from now on is going to win it. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be Curry. I think that if Golden State is to win, either Clay Thompson is going to get hot, and you know Clay Thompson is 
a great overall shooter, but he's also an unbelievable streaky shooter. Is when he gets hot, he gets hot. And, you know, as we've seen, he can score, what, 37 points in a quarter by himself. So I think he has a, tra- a chance, but I think most likely if Golden State is to win this series, it will be because Curry gets going and then therefore Curry will become the MVP of the finals. But I do think that it's kind of a clean slate now. Nobody's been impressive enough, consistently enough to have any advantage in the MVP race. Yeah, because although there are bench players that have obviously kept the Warriors, you know, that helped them in games one and two, I agree with you. If they're going to win the series, then Curry's going to have to, you know, return to Curry form. And in doing so, that will make him the MVP. But if they're somehow able to win the series and Curry continues to play, um, the way he's playing, which I don't see that um, happening. But if it does, then I think the MVP, it gets very tricky because there are a lot of players then that will keep the Warriors in the game because they're still a complete team better than most teams with if the, without Curry. So it will be interesting. But then if the Cavaliers win, then obviously it goes to LeBron. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, LeBron, he's not going to be massively outplayed. And even if if he's slightly outplayed by, let's say, Kyrie Irving, it it won't matter. LeBron's going to win the MVP. He's going to stuff the stat sheet as usual. And he's he might be outscored, but I doubt it. It's going to it's going to it's going to be LeBron for sure. If Cleveland wins, if Golden State wins. It's kind of one of those things where maybe Andre Iguodala will be just like a huge lightning rod again, and he'll come in, and they'll insert him into the starting lineup, and he'll dominate like he did last year, and maybe he'll win the MVP. But my bet is that if if the Warriors are to win, it will be Curry. Or, okay, if the Warriors win and it's not Curry, bold prediction, it's LeBron James. Because last year, there were people arguing that despite the Warriors winning... LeBron should have been the MVP because of what he did with essentially no help, which is an argument within itself. But I don't know if that's even possible. I think he could be. I think that last last year he should have won it. If you're really looking at like what the MVP means, he should have won it last year. But I think last year he put on a historic performance, and it was impressive to watch. This year, games one and two, he wasn't good. Games three, he was excellent, but he wasn't historic like he was last year. I don't think that in, unless and he just utterly dominates the next four games and Golden State still somehow wins, which would be unlikely, I think then he'd have a shot at winning it if no one stepped up for Golden State. But once again, if he put up the numbers to get an MVP without winning the championship, I don't think that Golden State's going to win the championship unless somebody from Golden State matches his numbers, which in case that case, he still wouldn't win it. So just talking about LeBron and his historic performances last year, overall, LeBron, I think it's two and four in the finals. Yep. And a lot of people give him a lot of heat for that. And then other people defend him. What is your stance? Do you think that this is, reflects poorly on LeBron or just the teams he was on during these finals? When you go through it, I mean, like, his first finals appearance with Cleveland, like, their team was, they did not, it was LeBron James was their team. I mean, like, 
he carried a Cleveland Cavaliers team that should never have made it to the finals, to the finals. Uh, I think it was 2007, maybe. I don't know. But you can't. I mean, it's one of those things where he can't do everything. And I, I can't really blame him for that finals loss. I mean, there's, he, he did everything he can. He was their team. And it, there's no blaming him for that. He, he far exceeded expectations. And then, you know, going two for four and in, in Miami was, I have my doubts about that. Because really, he should have gone one for four, but Ray Allen just absolutely saved him against the Spurs. Um, I really don't think it's that big of a deal being two for four or eventually maybe two for five if they don't win this series in the finals. Because, I mean, it's the finals. It's not like you're playing cupcakes. They're going to play an unbelievably talented team. And, I mean, if they got swept and dominated in this series, then I think people would start bringing up the fact that, oh, LeBron's 2-5, and five, he chokes in the finals. But the fact that they won a game and they won it pretty dominantly and that they could have, you know, they'll, they'll, there's a good chance that they win another game here or there in, in a seven-game series, that they're going to say, okay, LeBron James brought a team that, you know, is, is a great team, but not historic, and he fought exceedingly well against a historically amazing team, against the best team the NBA has perhaps ever seen. And you can't, you can't just go ahead and say, okay, he lost the last two finals, he chokes. Okay, well, he's also played the best team that the NBA has seen in the last 30 years. I agree. There are a couple finals that, I don't know, I wouldn't just write them off there are people who say oh i don't even count that as a loss i'm going to count it as a loss but i'm not going to count it against him but there are some in 2011 when the heat played the mavericks they lost in six games and he averaged 17.8 points per game and he was third on the team in scoring he committed 24 total turnovers and only shot 60 percent from the free throw line and I guess some people can say, well, that was the first year Miami was a team. So there's an excuse there because, you know, they shouldn't have even made it to the finals. But at the same time, so that was like a learning process. But if people want to say he's the greatest player to ever walk the earth, which, again, is another debate, but people say it, then he shouldn't have performed like that there. And But against Golden State last year, you can't hold that against him. I'm not going to say he had absolutely no help because that's a lie, and that has been a lie, except for maybe his first finals appearance. I think that is just complete crap when people say that. If LeBron, LeBron would have one less ring, as you said, if it wasn't for Ray Allen and Shane Battier, these guys who you wouldn't think, okay, so you don't consider them help, but they sure helped him. And you, another couple people who have helped him along the line is the refs as well, but we won't go there. <laughs> but yeah. I think overall, you can't take anything away from his legacy just because of his record in the finals, because he has faced great competition. He's faced great competition, and I mean, apart from that Mavericks team, which I still have questions about, so they're you know real. I don't think they're an NBA championship caliber team, but they won it, so you know. Props to them, but I mean he's faced great teams. He hasn't had, you know, perhaps the cast 
a little alongside of him that other teams have had and other players have had facing him in the finals. But I, I still think it's a it's a great accomplishment to reach the finals seven times in your career and six times in a row. I mean, that's just greatness and longevity. And I, I don't think I would take it away from his legacy, the fact that he hasn't won the championships. Uh I, I think that it would help his legacy if he won the championships, but I don't really think that people are going to look back on LeBron James and say, oh, man, this guy only won two. If he doesn't win another one, that is. Which I think he probably will. And if he wins one in Cleveland, and even if it takes three more tries, I think as long as he gets one in Cleveland, that's going to do so much for his legacy. That oh, it, it won't... Down, he'll, be, he'll go down as a Cleveland legend, but... If he wins, if he brings a championship to the land like he's been trying to for so many years, he'll, I mean, they'll name, like, they'll rename the city LeBron. <laughs> it will, it will do a time. I mean, his, his legacy is already sealed in Cleveland, but bringing the championship would make him even more of a hero than he already is. So do you think that tomorrow night's game will be a close one? Don't tell me yet who you think will win, but do you think it will be either way close or will one team blow out the other? Will we finally see a, a competitive game? I think we will. I don't see either team folding in this situation. Uh, Cleveland knows that this is still pretty much a must-win game for them. I mean, they're in a situation where if they lose this, then they have to win two in Oracle. And that's hard. That's exceedingly difficult. So, I think they're going to come out firing almost as motivated as they were in this last game. But I also think that Golden State's going to come out and say, okay, like we cannot let them grab the reins after we just yanked them out of their hands in game one and two. So I think that they're both going to come out playing extremely effective basketball, and I think they were actually going to see competitiveness for the first time in this series. All right, well, we're going to start wrapping it up. So before we end this, I want a prediction for tomorrow night's game and then overall what the series will be. Ooh. Um, I would go with Golden State for tomorrow night's game. I think that either Steph Curry or Klay Thompson will eventually hit their shots tomorrow, and then that person's just going to get the ball fed to them, and I think it's going to open things up. And I think Cleveland's uh, offense won't come out firing as they did in game one, and I think Golden State's defense will show up. Uh, but I do expect it to be very competitive, and then I expect Golden State to win it in five. It's because Golden State wins it tomorrow, they're going to win at home in Oracle just because they're so dominant there. All right. Well, I'm going to disagree partly just because, I don't know, I don't want to jinx it, but I guess I am right now anyways. But I'm going to say Cleveland wins tomorrow. But, again, very close game, and maybe I can complain about some questionable calls. But I think Cleveland will win tomorrow night. But Golden State will win in six. But, you know, we've been... People are always proven wrong in the sports world. And you really have no clue until the game starts. So tomorrow night, 
Friday at 9. Golden State is at Cleveland uh, for Game 4. So tune in for that. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Well, it is the way it's been on the morning and I'm not dropping. It is the way it's been on the morning and I'm not dropping. It is the way it comes to the mic song with the champion song. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two C Lambo with your girl, she tryna jerk me. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two C Lambo with your girl, she tryna jerk me. Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in